Welcome to the Building Up Women in Property podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca Bangura, and I'm thrilled to have you here with me today. This podcast is for ambitious women who work in property and construction, who want to learn how to have a career they love on their terms. Join me every week where I'll leave you excited and confident to take your next steps. Thanks for being here with me. Now let's get started. Welcome back to Building Up Women in Property. Or if you are new around here, welcome. I hope you get a lot from today's podcast and other episodes. Really, the intent today, as with all of these podcasts, is about supporting women in our industry, in the property and construction sector, to have impactful careers that are on their terms where they can really do the work they love and influence positive change through their work. And my purpose is really to shine a light on some of the challenges we face in our industry, as well as the opportunities and provide strategies to help you wherever you are in your career and your leadership journey to move forward and have that fulfilling and rewarding career that excites you and has a impact in the world, but also that aligns with who you are and allows you to be the truest version of yourself and fulfill all those other things in life that matter to you beyond simply work. Today, we are talking about how to make good decisions. And I wanted to do today's podcast because I see decision-making as being one of the most crucial skills for our careers, but also for our lives. And I see so often people getting stuck because they are scared of making the wrong choice. And what that does is that delays any results from happening. And often that actually results in prolonged negativity or missed opportunities. And so I want to talk through today how we should approach decision-making and how we can get better at it so that we feel empowered by the decisions we make and we can move forward with that clarity, with that focus, and actually start creating the results we want. That is true for decisions we make in our jobs, as leaders or emerging leaders, it's true about decisions we make for our careers and our professional and personal development, and it's true about decisions we make in our own day-to-day lives. And I'm going to confess, this is really something I have had to work on because getting better at decision-making has really forced me to take more ownership of my life. It has forced me to really be responsible and accountable for the decisions I make and to learn to trust myself. And I think this is the biggest challenge, particularly for women that we face, is we are so scared of getting it wrong, of screwing things up, of being judged negatively, that we do not back ourselves and go all in on our decision making. And it can often be perceived as an inability to make decisions. And let's be clear, decision making is a crucial skill for leaders. So if you want to step up in your career and if you want to be a leader in your field, you need to get good at decision-making. So how do we go about doing that? Now, the first fundamental step is to get clear on your objectives. So what are you trying to achieve through this decision? And I know that this sounds so elementary, but the truth is we usually don't take the time to really step through what the desired outcome is. So I want you to make this habit. Whenever you're making a decision, I want you to think about what is the desired outcome that I'm trying to achieve with this decision. Once you get really clear on that, once you have that clearly defined goal, then you can start to implement an objective and well-constructed decision-making process. So that's the first step is get clear and clarify your objectives. 
So the second step in the process is to gather information. Now, in the information gathering stage, I want you to think about what information do you need to know? What will help guide your decisions given you now have that clarity on what you're trying to achieve? Now, this can be really difficult because particularly in today's information age, in our digital age, we have so much information at our fingertips that a quick Google search can provide us with more information than we can ever process. So we need to be really discerning about the information we are gathering. We need to make sure that the information we have is relevant. We need to make sure that it is accurate and reputable. And I strongly suggest that you take a data focus with your information because data-driven decisions lead to better outcomes. So where possible, we want to stay away from general commentary and we want to really see the numbers, the statistics, and use that to help inform us. Now, It's also really important as we gather data that we make sure we are getting a broad range of perspectives. So you undoubtedly will know about different types of bias, particularly unconscious bias, and we need to acknowledge that our thinking leans in a certain direction naturally, and that's true for every single one of us. So we need to make sure that when we are gathering information that we don't have the blinkers on. We need to make sure we are engaging with broad sources, different views, different ideas and challenging ourselves to get outside of our comfort zone and ensure that all perspectives and options are on the table and really understood as part of the decision-making process. And this can often be done by engaging and connecting with people who do have a different worldview or different experience to us and seeking their input. And this will help us really understand our own blind spots and start to dig a little deeper into certain areas if we feel that we need to. But I think for all of us, we need to recognise that we only know what we know and that our brain thinks in certain ways. And the more we can challenge it, the more robust and inclusive the data will be, and that will allow us to make better decisions. So to recap, we need to first of all clarify our objectives. Second of all, we need to gather the information and make sure we don't have our blinkers on. So once we have clarity on what we're trying to achieve and once we've gathered that information in order to make a decision, we then actually come to making that decision on how to move forward. So once we have clarified what our objective is, what our goal is from this decision, and we have gathered our data and made sure we've taken our blinkers off, we need to understand the options. And this is where we actually start to map out what could those possibilities be. Now, at this point, it is important not to freak ourselves out and not go into overthinking this. I want you to, based on the information you have, draw out all the options that come to mind. Now, this list of options will not be exhaustive, right? It never will be. There will always be options that you can't think of or your team can't think of, but that's okay. We are working with the information we have to hand, and it's crucial that we make decisions in timely manners, so we are never going to have everything on the table, we're going to have what is available to us right now. So draw out those decisions. If this is a business decision you are facing, make sure you have the right people involved in these discussions and giving inputs. And if it's a personal decision about your career, about your life, I want you to lean into yourself. I want you to trust yourself and know that you have the knowledge you need within you. And I don't say that lightly because I think so many of us struggle with this. We struggle with trusting our own wisdom and our own knowledge. So I really want you to, as uncomfortable as it may feel, lean into yourself and look internally for those possible options or solutions. And I want you to jot them down, 
right? Get all of them down on paper, preferably one on each page. (laughs) And the reason is, is because once we actually understand our options, we want to go into the analysis of them. I hope you've been enjoying the episode. I wanted to take a moment to let you know about my free career confidence masterclass. This is for ambitious career orientated women who are ready to stop playing small and to confidently create a career you love. Head over to my website, beautifuldisruptions.com for more info. Now let's get back to the episode. And that analysis stage, this fourth step, is really about weighing up these options. And the truth is, there is never an absolute right option or an absolute wrong option. What there is is shades of grey. And life is complex. Work is complex. Our environments are complex. And the sooner we can get away from thinking in terms of right and wrong, and we can get into a position of thinking about the best choice right now, then the easier it is to move forward and make well-informed decisions. So, as I said, I want you to really go into the analysis of each of these options. This can be done in a few ways. So, one is the good old pros and cons list. So, think about what are the positives of pursuing this option? What are the negatives? And really challenge yourself to dig deep in this exercise. So, this isn't just a superficial thing. This shouldn't be a back of an envelope exercise. This should be something that you really carve out time for and force yourself to explore each of those positives and each of those negatives, each of those pros, each of those cons. And I want you to dig deep. I want you to keep asking why, right? Why? 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 And a little trick is to ask yourself why five times for each point. And in doing that, we actually really uncover some root issues and root opportunities. And by doing that, we start to understand these pros and cons in a whole new way. And it really adds a depth of information to our decision-making process. And I want you to explore that for every option and make sure you give each option equal time to think about it so that you aren't naturally leaning to one or the other and you're not allowing your own bias to inform a choice without having done the due consideration. Another way to assess our options is to make a decision matrix, right? Have your criteria, have a weighting and get a bit analytical on this, right? Weigh your choices against each criteria, actually rate each option. And this can be a really good process to do with someone else so you have someone reflecting back to you the weightings and the rankings that you are placing on things and holding you accountable to those choices and potentially questioning you if they don't agree with your rating against each of the criteria. And that will allow for robust conversation again and to, again, challenge your thinking or perhaps highlight some of the blinkers you might have on this particular issue or this particular decision. And finally, I want to think about what are the short-term medium-term and long-term impacts of this decision. So an easy way to think about this is the 10-10-10 rule. And that is, how will I feel about this decision in 10 minutes' time? How will I feel about it in 10 months' time? And then finally, how will I feel about it in 10 years' time? Now, this is a really important one because quite often we can spin out about making decisions that actually have very little consequence in the long term. And what that does is it keeps our brain busy, but it avoids us taking action when really the truth is we can make any decision and get on with it and move forward with relative ease. So 
keep in mind what will the impact of this decision be in 10 minutes, in 10 months, and 10 years. And think about that in terms of the potential risks and the potential benefits. And step five is make the decision. Now, I often say to my clients, there is no such thing as a right decision. There is just the decision that you make right. Because as I said before, there are no absolutes in this world. And the most important thing is that we take action and we take ownership of what we choose. So accept that every decision you make is being based on the best information you have to hand and then be committed to your decision and move forward with confidence. And in that process of taking responsibility, of taking accountability, it really empowers us to understand what worked in that process and what didn't. And the final step is really that review process. So step six is actually look at what you learned through that process. What went well? What didn't? What would you do differently? What were the insights and the learnings from the decision? So even if everything goes to shit, what did you learn? And how can you correct from that? right? And how can you iterate from that? How can you improve the outcome? How can you change course? How can you redirect things if need be? Because we should always be learning from our decisions. We should always be looking for the opportunities to do things better. And the only way we get to do that is by really interrogating what has happened in the past and what we want to happen moving forward and taking ownership of where we can get better and taking action on that. And so I want you to think about in your own life, what are the decisions that you are not taking action on? What are the things that you might be procrastinating on or be stuck in analysis paralysis and overanalyzing? Make the commitment to yourself that you will make a decision and that you will be the type of leader, the type of person who makes decisions and follows through and is committed to continuous improvement and continuous growth. And that will be what fuels you to actually really take this decision-making process and own it and get better and refine as time goes by so that every decision you are getting better and better at this process and you are making better decisions and achieving better outcomes. So to recap, the steps are, one, get really clear on what the objective of this decision is. Know what you are trying to achieve. Number two, gather the information. Focus on data and make sure you're aware of your own biases and that you are getting complete data and other perspectives that may not come naturally to you. Step three is consider the options. Don't spin out on trying to get everything down. Work with what you know right now. Step four is analyze the information you have around each of the options and force yourself to go deeper with your thinking around what would work, what wouldn't, and what the impacts of these decisions would be in terms of the short, medium, and long term. Step five is make the decision, right? Back yourself, trust yourself, and be committed to the outcomes no matter what. And the final step, step six, is constantly review and reflect on what has happened. I like to use these questions of, what went well, what didn't, and what would I do differently? And then take that information and apply it to the next decision you have to make. And don't get stuck or overwhelmed with all the things that could go wrong. Allow yourself to also consider all the things that would go right and make that decision to use your energy in a way that propels you forward rather than getting stuck in over-analysis and overthinking things. Because I know that within you, you have all the skills you need to make good decisions. And we need to just practice this. We need to trust ourselves more and we need to move forward 
and we need to commit to not spinning our wheels. You have got this, my friend. As always, I would love any feedback you have. Come over, say hi to me on LinkedIn. Let me know any aha moments you have from today's episode or indeed any others. And of course, if you got benefit from this, please share it with a friend or a colleague because it's so important that we support each other on our journeys so that we can make ourselves and our industries better and stronger every day. Okay, my friend, have a beautiful day. Thank you for joining me on the Building Up Women in Property podcast. I'm Rebecca Bangura, and if you'd like to learn more about what I do, head over to LinkedIn and connect with me. Have a beautiful day, and I'll see you next time.